Welcome in on the clock NFL draft show. This is episode number 24. We are almost a quarter of the way to the century mark, man. So we're, we're so close to making it this evening. I am joined by the mayor of college football, Mr. Nino Brown at Nino Brown underscore T two T on the Twitter. Nino is cooking. It's going to be a good one, my man. It's uh, we don't always get to shows, just me and you. Right. So this yeah. is uh, it's going to be a special one. We're reminiscing. Yeah. Right? Showing yeah. our age a little, a little bit on this uh-huh. one. Huh? T-R-O-Y. You know, that's <laughs> we, we should title that. You know, this, this episode should be titled that. Yeah, uh, man. Cause we're always communicating. Yeah. So we don't always just get to have fun and like, you know, running a network is it's a business. <laughs> like it's, 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 you business. Know, it's, we got like 18, you know, there's a lot going on, Yeah, but it's nice to cut loose. And you said reminisce and, we we kind of I don't know if we were talking on air last week or off air, but I know KT released that Warwick Dunn yes uh, over on CFB Nation that kind of got us talking, and I think this one's gonna be a fun one. Oh, a- absolutely! I I, uh, I got to reminisce and dive into my BC Eagles a little bit. You know, it was good. We did a little bit in the green room, and it sparked a little combo that we're gonna bring up again. But uh, yeah, it just right dove in thinking about guys, and I started thinking I'm like, oh man, I remember this guy and. I remember this guy that year, and then I saw one of my guys that I brought up was in the Heisman voting and happened to be around the same time as Johnny Manziel, and I mm. started thinking about Johnny football. So I think this is going to be a special one. Man, this room is peppered with, like, players that didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh, these helmets behind me, man. Like, I have a, I have a Johnny Manziel signed Sports Illustrated from his, uh, like, his freshman year at Texas yeah. A&M. Like, I got, you know, I don't want to – talk too much about the guys that i'm going to be talking about so so if we didn't mention it <laughs> today what we're doing is we're taking we're taking a look back on our some of our favorite prospects from the last decade you know we're, we're football guys you know obviously i'm sure we got guys outside the last decade and they might mm-hmm. come up but we tried to keep it within the last decade and i've kind of been you know just a peek behind the curtain for for what i've been doing before i started with t2t before I started, you know, I, I was with uh, – I did my own thing, Trifocal Football. And then before that, I was with uh, Dynasty Football Factory and Dynasty Warzone. And then before that, for my own sake, just because I'm a lunatic, <laughs> I, lo- I love the NFL draft. You know that. Like I yeah. I love the, the season of optimism and hope, and I love the process of trying to find guys that maybe other people aren't on yet or trying to jump on the train before somebody else does. You know, like it's like it's almost like the collector in me, like trying to, you know, collect the names and stuff like that. So I listening to people, I, I started out watching highlights of players and then I would rank players that way. 
And then I was like, man, I, let me, then I found out you could find game film. <laughs> and I just started with Google docs and I started mm-hmm. and and that's what, how I got introduced to Shane Hallam and Shane started helping me. Like he would send me a list of players to know for next year. And so I have lists of players dating, you know, probably back five or six years that uh, I was able to dive in because it was in my Google doc. So why don't you tell everybody kind of how, you know, your scouting process or, you know, your fandom for these players before we touch on these players. So I'm old. Okay. Um, and I've been playing fantasy football and me and John Lobb talked about this once before I did fantasy football and stuff. When you had to get the newspaper to get the final stats, I'm fast, dude, I'm telling you like Yahoo, I swear to you on that. I'm I'm 42. Yeah. Go back 20 something years, bro. Like the internet wasn't as popping as, as it is right now. You had to literally. When you did this, yeah. Was there like a designated guy in the league who did it that everybody trusted, or did you? Yeah. Walk? So if you were the commissioner, like you had to be the guy that everybody trusts because now you hold the money. There was no draft boards to go and get. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a pain in the neck. Dude. So if you were the commissioner, everybody trusted you were the guy that had to like your Sunday didn't end like at ten o'clock when every game was over. Your Sunday ended at like one one because come Monday when, when people are ready to go, oh who won? What's this and that? Yo, who's in the lead from Monday Night Football? Well, guess what? You were the guy that had to do it. So that's where I kind of started, like, really getting to know a lot more players than I would have. You know what I'm saying? Because y- you have no choice but to read a box. box go, who's this guy? Where's this guy? Oh, what did he? Oh, he did what? Three three for 47? You know, two, six for but 98. Who did he come from? What's he, oh, oh, he went to this school. He went to Colorado. He went to Texas. Tech. So that was how I really kind of got into it. Then, like, I started to watch college football. You know, the guys that I like. Like I said, like, I was – Dion was my guy in like Florida State the program. Then, then you know Ed Reed and, and Wilson Gay is my favorite running back of all time. So like the U, you know that that's how the process started for me. Unfortunately, now I got linked up with you and Boomer and KT, and, and you guys have unleashed the side of me that, I, like I say, once in a while I feel like the, I get to unlock the left side of my brain, and I, I go down these stupid rabbit holes, and knowledge just kind of just fills my brain about. Stuff that I don't probably need to know about football, but this is right. <laughs> that's what your wife would say. That's what my wife says. Yeah, that's like, what she tells I, me. You know, I can remember that, but I can't remember to get oats from the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> my my boy that I work with, my boy Rob, he tells me, he goes, I don't even understand how you can remember. Like, so someone will ask me a question. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, in 09, he went for 79 receptions for, you know, 1,100 yards, 20 touchdowns. He's like, Dude, how? I can't remember. I have a breakfast last week. How do you, I'm like, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's things stick, I guess I, right. it is. <laughs> well, you're a football guy. You're a yeah. lunatic just like me. You're <laughs> listening. I say this every week. If you're listening to an NFL draft show in July, chances are you're just like us as well. So we appreciate <laughs> you. If you're new to the show, if you found us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, possibly threads, uh, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> you know, uh, subscribe, like, comment, hit the bell. We have content all week, every week. We got team-specific content. Yes. We got Dynasty. We got Fantasy. We got IDP. We got Gambling. Anything you're looking for, we got. So there's no need to go anywhere else except if you're looking for college football stuff. <laughs> if you're looking for college football stuff, where are they going, Nino? They're going to CFB Nation, which is part of the T2T Network. So, it, again, you just stay locked into the T2T Network. Click that bell. CFB Nation, click that bell. 
You get everything you need. You get football 24-7. There's every single day there is something either on the Twitter, the YouTube, from both sides of the mothership, okay? And we're giving you information all around the spectrum. So just stay locked in, hit the bell, and you don't have to go nowhere else. Man, and I promise you, like, if you like what we're doing, then you're definitely going to like where we're heading. Because, the, <laughs> like, it, it, we, we aren't comfortable. Like, no. that's we're just not built that way. So we're constantly – you know, we're, we're looking to improve. We're looking to add people to the roster. So if you love this stuff and you've always wanted to get into it, reach out to me on the Twitter at Coach Sheps. You can reach out to Nino at Nino Brown underscore T2T or the Twitter handle at Toilets Titles. Link up with us because we are, we're always just more, 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 better, better, better. Dino said it, man, to the, to the moon. moon. So I love it. All right. So shout out to Boomer, who's not here this evening, yep. at Jared Gray. Shout out to KT. Man, we're popping bottles for KD. He got engaged, man. I was going to tell, like, I can't wait for, you know, if they have a big wedding. Me and my wife got married in the beach, so no one ended up coming. Like, we had a party, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we just randomly, like, let's do it. But KT has a party. Oh, I'm yeah. driving. You're coming down. You're picking oh, yeah. me up yeah. on the way. We'll make the, the swoop. Yeah, yeah, we got you. Yeah, hell yeah. We'll get All the right, caravan. Nice. I got the, I got the, you know, the Pacifica. We'll pop the seats up, throw everybody in there. Hell yeah. Yeah. Bring a little cooler, get some Celsius in there. Shout out to Celsius. Uh, if you want to sponsor us, go ahead. That'd be super cool. Uh, we're close. We're, we're like anchor reached out to me. They're like, Hey, you, you can be monetized now. YouTube reached out to me. So it's the right time for everything. All right. So Celsius you jump on the train now, man, before, you know, Dr. Take Sasquatch. Off. Yeah. Oh, Squatch, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. I love that stuff. Yeah, those, I, I go through like those, those bars, like, Oh, they're yeah. great. Good yes. stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am. We aren't sponsored by them. So we're just being honest. All right. Let's talk about some NFL draft prospects from the past decade. We really enjoy it. Do we want to start with KT's? Just get them out of the way. Or you want to yeah, start no. talking about some of your guys? Well, well we, can, we can sprinkle them in. You know, okay. Sprinkle them in throughout the I, I know, you know, he's not here, but we can sprinkle them in. I'm going to go with a miss. All right. Okay. But man, I really thought he was going to be something. I'm going to, I know this is. Mm. Very difficult comp, but he was like Saquon before Saquon to me. Okay. Bishop Sankey was a dude coming out of college at Washington. All right. I said, it's a swing and a miss. But man, he was electric. I, I see him take a fourth and one against the number two Oregon Ducks for 50 50 yards and a touchdown like it was a blink of an eye. Hit, hit, the, hit the pack. There's three guys. One left. Gone. See you later. All right. He was a two year starter at Washington out of the three years he was there. 2012. He had close to 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns. And at that time, he was a pass-catching factor. He had 32 receptions. In 2013, he had 327 attempts for 1,870 yards and 20 touchdowns. And he still had almost 30 receptions for 300 yards. And coming into Washington, he had rattled off 2,500 yards as a senior in high school. This is what this dude did. He was electric. 37 collegiate touchdowns. He had a stupid jump step at the time where a jump step really wasn't in it. And it was kind of like delayed. He could boop, boop, and then go. And he was elusive as hell. Open field monster. 3,300 yards in two seasons for Washington. is just crazy. Right? Drafting the second round, 54th overall Tennessee. My guy was doomed, coach, from the jump. All right? That was, I say this all the time. You don't get a top 10 pick if you're good. You just don't, mm. it, you know, unless it happens to be by trade. But you just don't normally get a good pick like that if you're good. He walked into a team, right? Sean Green was the other running back. McCluster was a receiving back um, for Tennessee. Dexter McCluster, that was the other back. The QB department 
was gross. Charlie Whitehurst, right? A young Jake Locker. That's another Washington guy, right? Y- yep. A young Jake Locker. And they had the QB whisperer before he was the QB whisperer, Jordan Palmer. Okay? Like, this is when he was still trying to play football. They had He had no business. Like, that team was just terrible. I think it was just bad landing spot. He never eclipsed more than 500 yards in the two seasons he was with Tennessee. Got an ACL injury, right? Went to New England, went to Minnesota. I believe he went, might even went to the Saints. It was another team. Went to, it was the third team. Went to. It never panned out. Went to the CFL. Ended up retiring after COVID. Doesn't play football anymore. Man, those two years at Washington Pac-12, he was an anomaly. He literally, like, just could do anything he wanted. He was so shifty, and he could get to the outside. And once he was to the outside in the open field, good luck trying to catch him. He was a bowling ball. I love Sankey, but it just didn't work. Man, so I think I, I started, I want to say in Twitter, around the time Bishop Sankey was becoming draft eligible. And that's when I started to get kind of into the dynasty fantasy football community, because before that I never played dynasty. I'd only played redraft and Bishop Sankey is the first player. I remember the whole community was in on. He was that, that was the year of Bishop Sankey. And that's going to lead me to one of my misses because this is a guy too, like, there's a few people I, I follow on Twitter that are college guys, you know, like I try to, you know, I, I try to like, you know, I pick and choose some people to follow. Cause I know they're going to show highlights or they're they, 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 I've seen them bring up a player in the past that's panned out and yeah. I, I, that's noted. So now I kind of give, I, I put what they say in a little more weight and I wish I could give a shout out to this guy, but I can't even think, but I remember seeing some clips of LaVisca Chenault oh. as a freshman. <laughs> in Colorado. And then going into his sophomore year, I was like, all right, like I'm excited to see this cat play his film, his so- dude built like the predator, yeah. like built like dreadlocks muscle dude. He's going to basketball games in Denver with Von Miller, like hanging out with Von Miller at Denver nuggets games as like a junior at Colorado. And this is before Dion, like this is before Colorado was, yeah, was cool, you know, and then yeah. shout out to Akella Weatherspoon. Cause I, I was a big fan of Akella Weatherspoon as well. And I think, uh, who's the Cowboys defensive back? Uh, who's Who's you say? They had some good corners come out of yeah. Colorado, but man, LaVisca Chenault, huge numbers. So here, here's my analysis for him going into 2019. So, and, and, and full disclosure, I had him as my wide receiver five for the 2020 class. I had him ahead of Brandon Ayuk and Michael Pittman. So, Ooh. yeah, I, I was super high on him. So here's my analysis. LaVisca is everything everybody thought Cordero Patterson would be when he came out of Tennessee. He lines up everywhere in the offense, outside slot, running back, and even played quarterback in the Wildcat. He jumps off the screen when he has the ball in his hands. He's not a guy who's going to consistently create loads of separation, but due to his physicality makeup and his ball track and high point ability, he doesn't need to. He'll benefit by playing with a more accurate quarterback at the next level who can take advantage of his skill set and throw him open. Chenault will be a volume guy wherever he lands and should receive a solid chunk of the offense's touches. So Jacksonville, man, they, they didn't work out. You know, now he's in Tennessee, I believe, right? Like he, he moved on. So I don't know. He's in I, Carolina. I was, He's in oh, Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. I got I got the blues confused. Yeah, but you know, I think Cordell Patterson heard you. 
when yeah. you when you wrote that's what that. he, dude that's what he's, he everything you just did he does and he's been doing it since right. you know it's crazy and not for nothing i like cordero so he came from a juco right he had one year at tennessee kick returns like he was electric dude and then he went yeah. to atlanta or no yeah. where, where did he get drafted no he didn't go to atlanta off the rip right I can't. I I don't oh, see. Was it Seattle? Man, wherever he went, he didn't do nothing because we don't. You know, we barely remember it. But then, you know, he started getting it right. And Lavisca Chenault, similar situation. Maybe he goes Minnesota. to Carolina. Ah, okay. I remember he had like he had spurts. Like he had a kick, yeah. kickoff return yeah. touchdown or like, but not consistently using the offense like he was in Atlanta. Like now he's a player. You know. Yeah. But Chenault goes to Carolina. Maybe, you know, I got a, I got a Chanel jersey. I got a signed Colorado helmet. Like, I, I was all in on this guy. A guy that I wasn't in on, but you said Chanel, and I just want to bring it up. I'm hearing, because people like, you know, if you're watching the draft things, this guy you probably were into at the time. We could see the emergence of Terrence Marshall. Terrence, yeah. I'm hearing Terrence Marshall is balling out. I'm hearing that he's much faster. He's caught on to the system. Maybe it was the the coaching staff there didn't work out well with him in the, on the QB carousel. But if you were a Terrence Marshall guy, the hope is still there. He this, this could be his year. You got to think about it. That room, I like Adam Thielen for a year or two. Mm-hmm. But that that wide receiver room is young and inexperienced. Right. So they got a Mingo Mingo from from yeah. So, but it's young, it's inexperienced, but it has a veteran. But you know, Terrence Marshall, you can say what I said. Excuse me about tracking guys in social media who have a high hit rate. You could say that's lazy analysis. Right. Because, you know, maybe I'm, I'm I'm putting too many eggs in that basket or whatever. So, But on the other hand, I'm going to say the Terrace Marshall hype was lazy analysis. Yeah. Because it was Luke who came out prior to him. And I bought into it at times. But I also let go of it, you know, right away. You know, it's Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, yeah. Odell Beckham, yep. Jarvis Landry. So they saw the helmet and they scouted the helmet. They didn't scout the player. And I think that was responsible for a lot of the Terrace Marshall hype. Uh, I'm with you. I think that's unfortunately for the short amount of time I've been in this community. People get exposed often because you can tell they're scouting the helmet. Right. Right. And, and sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes it works. You know, like, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to like, I'm going to just do jump in right into another talk about scouting yeah. helmet, like Desmond King DB out of Iowa. I love oh. this cat. So, so you, you're a DB guy. I, I was listening to head to head shout out to the head to head crew. Cause that's the IDP show usually Tuesday nights. And you were talking about, you know, Bobby McCain, yep. check out that short on the YouTube channel. You're saying you, you know how to scout DBs. I love DBs with flexibility. You know, you've seen it. I love Dax Hill last year. I love yep. Malachi Moore coming out next year. You know, so I, I like guys who can move all around the football field. And what I – Desmond King, so scouting the helmet. Iowa, tough, gritty. You know, uh, there was another DB who came out. Well, obviously, you know, we got uh, Moss Riley who came Moss. out of there. Yeah. And um, But before that, I can't think – there was another corner around there. I think might have went to the New York Jets, but I'm having a brain fart. But anyway – Tough, gritty players, right? Desmond King, 2015 Consensus All-American, 2015 Jim Thorpe Award winner. He led the Big Ten in interceptions with eight in 2015. In 2016, he was number two in the Big Ten with kick return yards. So you may say, why are you throwing that out there? The dude led the league in interceptions one year, yep. led the league in kick return yards another another year, 
And then all time in the Big Ten, he's number three in passes defended with 33. So a little bit, you know, I saw the Iowa. I saw the gritty. I saw the production. I saw the versatility, okay? And then experience. The dude started as a freshman at yeah. Iowa. Like, yeah, you know, they're playing, like, regardless, it's not the SEC, but you're playing dudes who are, like, eating nails for breakfast when yes. you're you're at Iowa. And, and probably a lot of it's at, at training camp. You're probably seeing people eat nails for breakfast. But goes to the combine, comes in, 5'9", runs a 4'6", Teams, you know, they they're they're looking over the Jim Thorpe Award. They're looking over the fact he's a consensus All American. They're looking over the production, <laughs> and, and I get it. He falls to the fifth round, and then every round that he fell, I was like, Dallas, just take him, just take him, just take yeah. him, dude. Twenty eighteen All Pro. He's been on what three, four teams, so the teams aren't falling in love with the guy. But wherever he goes, he's producing. He has 426 tackles, 106 solo, eight and a half sacks, nine interceptions, and two touchdowns. Not too bad. No, no, not not too bad at all. But uh, but some, what is what's Boomer saying? Boomer saying something. Try to join, but the link's not working. Of course, it's working. Just click on it, my friend. <laughs> you got it. But uh, I think the interception total being so low, and all after that first year, he kind of like declined. He don't really play special teams in the NFL, right? Well, he has – I want to say he has a few – well, four, six, they probably have somebody – I don't know off the top yeah. of my head. But, I mean, he he's kind of a jack of all trades, which is he's a fifth-round pick. He's not being paid like a, an elite player, but you know you can kind of – he's consistent, yep. he's productive, and you know, he's not going to be your star, mm -hmm. but he's, he's a guy who's going to uh, – like that's the type of player you have on championship rosters. A guy like – I mean, you've seen with the New England Patriots. Like they got guys in the secondary. Like they usually have an alpha. And yep. then they – like McCourty. I love McCourty. Yeah. But, but I think he played above and beyond his skill set. I agree. I agree. I, I, I think the, the thing there was they knew when to transfer him to, to the deep sector. Right. right? Get him out of being – he played more – at the cornerback position because they were in dire need when they had him. He had yeah. to play. Like, look at Troy Brown. He went wide receiver to DB. I like, mean, he, did, he didn't huff and puff. You know, no, like he, he, he owned that. Yeah. You know? But I, I think that point um, was why. And then once they had the opportunity to move him to where he would excel more, they put him in safety and he he just ate. He just he had longevity at that and, and was a general in that secondary for a good eight years. They got Chung. You oh, saw Chung, oh. you, you, dude, but you saw him leave. Yeah. You know, and, and wherever he went, he wasn't – then he came back. And then he was that dude again. Like, you, uh, this is, uh, like, the type of guy I think King is the type – like, you just yeah. – I want him in my secondary. You know, put him in you? my secondary. So, so go ahead. You're up. All right. I'm going to go with a guy out of LSU since we were talking about LSU. This gives me the winner-winner chicken dinner, even though my guy Boomer tells me he's terrible. That's Deion Jones, right? 6'1", 227 pounds. He was labeled a tackle machine. I get it. His first two seasons, he couldn't have clipped smaller 25 tackles. I understand. But that final season, he went off for 100 tackles, okay? 57 solo, 13 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks, three pass breakups, a forced fumble, and a picked house against Florida that made him look stupid, all right? Like, LSU and Deion Jones that season, we're dumb. We all know that, the, that that LSU pumps out linebackers and edge guys 
Edge guys don't normally pan out, but the linebackers tend to pan out in the NFL. Like they, they, they tend to do well. Now, Boom will tell me that he doesn't do well. I, I don't want to hear about it because at the next level, after he was drafted in the second round, right, 52nd overall in Atlanta, he's got a, in seven years, he's almost has 700 tackles, 453 solo, 46 tackles for loss, all right? He had 108, 138, 110, 106, and 137 tackles. That's five out of the seven years he's had 100 tackles or more. Two of them had 130. And the only reason why he had two bad seasons is because he got hurt. Dude, Deion Jones is a dude. He's a linebacker. He is a dog. LB1, give him the mic. Injuries, yes, that is a concern. But when he is healthy, he is an animal at linebacker. Speak of the devil. But before he comes in, <laughs> Deion Jones, right? He's, he's been around since, what, 2015? You know, yeah, he's kind of helped revolutionize that position. And shout out to Boomer popping in right now, my guy at Jared Gray on the Twitter. But he helped revolutionize that position, and also he helped put the Atlanta Falcons back on the map. You know, I know that offense, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, they were kind of coming up to the end of their career. But Keanu Neal and Deion Jones, they were everywhere. You watch, you you watch uh, Ted Lasso. Roy Kent, <laughs> yeah, you know, Deion Jones had a little bit of that in him, and he's, you know, he's he gets it done. But Jared, how we doing this evening, my guy? I'm good. It's been a long day, but uh, but I'm here. Excellent. He's here. Well, this evening, we are talking about our, our favorite draft prospects. I'm going to kind of push it forward to uh, one that KT has. And the reason I'm going to bring him up is because I was down in Gainesville in 2005, 2006, and 2007. <laughs> and I think Joe Hayden kind of came in towards the end of that. Joe Hayden coming out of Florida, it was kind of a decade of dominance Mm -hmm. and a decade of special players. Like, you know, we talked about Percy Harvin the other day. Mm -hmm. Percy Harvin was just absolutely special, like elite, dynamic, and almost like above and beyond what a coach could game plan for. You know, like it's it's a job game planning for a guy who's that talented, figuring out like you look, I'm not saying Isaiah Simmons is and I'm bouncing around, but I'm not saying he's Percy Harvin. But when you have a guy who's an elite athlete, who's dynamic, who's capable of multiple things, sometimes coaches, they they, they don't know what to do. So Percy Harvin was that good. Mm -hmm. Joe Hayden was another elite talent. I'm not saying he's not he wasn't the dynamic of Percy Harvin, but he was an elite shutdown corner Mm -hmm. sticky. And I'm going to just read off some of KT's notes. Uh, I knew Joe Hayden when he uh, would be a dog for two reasons. One, I seen him play in high school at friendly in Fort Washington, Maryland. And he actually played quarterback and was a damn good one. And two, his dad had he and his brothers in the gym at a very young age, following him to Florida and seeing one, how physical he was. And even as a true freshman in 2007, to then getting national recognition in 2008 with 87 total tackles, three interceptions and being a lockdown quarter in 2009, I knew Joe Hayden would have success at the NFL level. And I'm sure he saw a lot of decent competition. Like the Gators back then, outside of Percy Harvin, they had dudes who could fly. I mean, I don't know if you remember That's Jeff, it. Jeff yep. Demps, Chris yeah. Lady. Like these are guys that weren't going to the NFL. They were too small. But Coach, like, you, you blinked, you missed him. Go ahead. I, I did I did a piece on this on CFB Prime, bro. Urban Meyer built that team when he came over, right, from uh, Utah. He built that team on literally speed. There was like nine or ten guys that ran sub four fours, like everybody on that squad, and all they did was go fast and get him get the playmaker the ball. Like nobody had to be elite the QB position. The, the line up front, the, the Pouncy Twins. Like oh, you just protect, 
right? Protect that guy, keep him upright. And these guys, nobody can cover them on the field. They're too fast. They will get open if you just give them a couple seconds. And that's what they did. They went off. I remember uh, like at one of the, like the pep rallies, they let some student athletes come on the field and race the players. And like you, I guess you had to go through some sort of heats to prove you're worthy enough to be on the field. And I just remember watching Demps and Rainey just like give these, and these dudes were moving these, like the people who made it there and Demps and Rainey, like they were giving them like a two or three second head start. And they were, that was track speed. Like these were guys who were yeah. track athletes and Meyer was like, come, come play po- football for me. But, but uh, Boomer, you got any thoughts on Joe Hayden? Um, honestly, I think he's one of the, one of the more elite corners that we've seen in a long time. You know, even when he was on his downfall at Pittsburgh, he's, People still don't want to throw against him. No. I mean, he was a dude. I mean, to the end. I mean, the fact that he was at Cleveland and then they let him go, and I understand that they felt good about who they were bringing in. The next two years, he balled out. You know, I, I can't – as a Joe Hayden fan, because I'm a legit Joe Hayden fan, I don't know how you ever let him leave your team. Who's the Oklahoma but, State kid they drafted at corner? Green. AJ Green. No, like years ago. Yeah, AJ Green. It was that was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing as the receiver, exact same way. He was supposed to be like he's a dude. He was he was a dude in college. He just oh, locked down in college. Locked then he down. came to the NFL and just... he had one year, one yeah. decent year. Like they it's kind of like the it's kind of like the kid from LSU that kept on having an injured his wrist injured, right? And a uh, real skinny kid. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he. He just couldn't get on the field because he's kept getting injured. But right, right. It's greedy. He's really talented at LSU. Is it greedy? Yeah, yeah. Greedy Williams. Greedy yeah. Williams. Yeah, right he's come. He's came on like the last two seasons, right? Like greedy. Well, Williams. well now, yeah, he he transferred right. Yeah, went to a different team, and he had a decent year last year. Yeah. Um. He's not, to, not to go down a rabbit hole for LSU DBs. <laughs> the Giants got one like two years ago. I can't think of his name. The Giants, so Joe knows if you're in here, dude, the Giants got a kid who's like second or third in their depth chart from LSU, who he was the opposite of Stingley. So Stingley was there. Yeah, but was, see, did he benefit from Stingley? That's my, my question. No, like he, they targeted him. Okay. And he's still like, and, and he played well and kind of, I think the Giants oh, got Adore. him. Oh, Adore. Adore Jackson? No. Adore Jackson? No, no, Adore Jackson's older. Yeah, he's quite a bit older. No. Adore's been right, Trey no, it's Adore Jackson went to USC, team. by the way. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, that's right. Who else would you say? Is I, I, he's the LSU. Giants? Yeah, it's the Giants, man. I'll look it up. But you know, why don't you go ahead and why don't you get us with one of your uh, next? Because this is riveting radio right now. We're looking for this guy. <laughs> riveting, riveting radio. All right, I got you. Uh, my next guy. Uh, you guys are gonna laugh at him. I'm gonna go. Now I'm not gonna go that guy. I'm gonna go to a hometown boy, Quadzilla. I'm gonna go AJ Dillon, running back out of Boston College. Right, he was six foot two forty six. I mean. That's a it's a middle linebacker. Put, put him in the middle and let this guy knock people out. Hit 845 carries, 4,300 yards, 38 touchdowns, 14 touchdowns this senior season for BC. I mean, this dude, three straight years of just 1,200 or more yards, led the ACC in rushing attempts for two seasons. He's fifth all-time in the ACC in career rush yards. He was a legitimate bowling ball. His yak was through the roof, right? Second-round pick. 62nd overall in 2020 draft to the Green Bay Packers, which I hated because I knew who he was going into and I know how Green Bay is. And he's still in the same role, a split role with Aaron Jones because Green Bay can't make up their mind who they want more. Uh, but his second season, he had 700 yards, 
last year. He had 800 yards. So there's a little increase as Aaron Jones just kind of caught the injury bug a little bit. I think Green Bay needs to release the beast in A.J. Dillon. The thing that he does well that he's only gotten better at is his receptions. He's got 62 receptions last two seasons um, with Green Bay. And he had 33 uh, his final year, uh, final two seasons with Boston College. So he does catch the ball. But let this guy run. Let him run. Let him be the RB1. Let him be the alpha for Green Bay, especially now with Jordan Love. Like, let's go. It, it's time to just pass the torch to the whole new generation in Green Bay. Not that, like, so I don't want to tackle any NFL running back in Lambeau in December when it's 10 degrees out. But if I had to choose between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who's going to be coming downhill at me 10 degrees in Lambeau Field, Yeah, I'd probably choose Jones. Like AJ Dillon is 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 built for playoff football. It's cold, control the football like he, you know, and then you got a young quarterback who could benefit that from that for sure. So I, I'm with you. But boom, what are your thoughts on on uh, that cat? I uh, love AJ Dillon. I, I mean, like you said, you know, he was, he was around the same time as Landry was when he was at Boston College too, right? I mean, yeah, yep, yep. Those dudes standing next to each other on the sideline <laughs> were like bouncers at the at the oh, club yeah. who didn't enter, right? You know, they're just monsters and I just feel like I'm with you because of the passing attack and type of offense they ran he really hasn't got the shine because when he does he goes for 32 for 132 and here we are you know and he's a dude he I love I mean and and he's a good person that's even more awesome I mean did you when they tried to escort him off the field at Green Bay because he was he was on the field like for whatever and uh, some security guys like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He's like, "Bro, do you know who I am?" <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown. It was. I, I don't remember what it was for, but it was. It was pretty hilarious. And he, I'm, I'm almost 100 percent sure he is an author of a children's book, like a children's comic book. I'm like, like, a, like a, it's like a you know illustrated book for kids. I'm almost 100 percent sure. There's a chance some of us might be heading up to. Chicago for a Packers Bears game because I know <laughs> Cruz a Bears fan, Nino's a Packer. I'm not Nino. Nate's a Packers fan. I'm getting my ends mixed up. Maybe I'll get this comic book if I head up there. Maybe I'll try to get it signed in person Ooh. by AJ. By AJ Till. Who knows? Probably I'll have to throw it down in the field. Uh, but that that DB is Cordell Flott. Okay, the DB for Ooh. LSU. I like him, man. Like if he's playing in the slot for the Giants. That's where they have him on the depth chart. I think he's. Their defensive backfield might be like you, you mentioned McKinney or, or uh, uh, what's they got what? McKinney McCain McCain. I got McCain and a Dory. And a Dory so you were talking about McCain earlier. McKinney's a dude, they got a Dory, uh, Deontay Banks. Yep, they got slot. a solid secondary, bro. Like, but that division is just gonna be you know, you got the Eagles set the bar and it's gonna be tough to keep up with. You know, them, but... I, I didn't give you my list, um, and I feel bad yeah. for that. We're talking about. Talking about last 10 years, but there's my favorite story in college football and maybe ever is James Conner. Mm. You know, when his mm. sophomore season, 1,700 yards rushing, absolutely monster year, gets Hoskins lymphoma out for the entire junior season, comes back his senior season, runs for a thousand yards. You know, it feels like Pittsburgh always has somebody, you know, that they're running back. Uh, honestly, they're, they've got to be top four running back you, in my honest opinion. Right. And that they just have another dude every single year that balls out. And that's a, is he a Bonaconda? Uh, yeah. You know, then LaShawn McCoy and, right. you know, yeah. w- Dorsett, right? 
four yeah. set. We we can go for days. You know, uh, <laughs> Dion Lewis. Um, just it's crazy how many times they always have another guy. And but James Connor's my favorite story, arguably in college football, to a guy that gets Hodgkin's lymphoma. You know, comes back and balls out. You know, he's Eric Berry did it as a pro. Foster Moreau yeah, just did. Man. You know, and it, it's it's really cool to see a guy who had 1700 yards rushing in his junior year gets Hodgkin's lymphoma, doesn't play, but for like one snap or whatever, and then comes back his senior year, balls out, gets drafted, ends up being a stud for Pittsburgh. Was has been a stud for Arizona last two years. I I love his story. It's one of my favorite stories in the history of college football. So it drives me nuts. Recency bias, like recency bias drives me nuts. People forget how good James Conner was. And then he came back a year, not even a year removed. Right. From, yeah. from yeah. And at the combine, his numbers were low, but he like was probably 12 months from chemotherapy, just played a season. His body's still recovering. James Conner. Wasn't I? I compared. He was still going through chemo during his senior season. So, so like, his, of course, his com like how and then oh yeah, how do you not put two and two together and think yes, this guy's probably not fully healthy. So shout out to him for and if he gets healthy, this is what right, it's going to be. Right. I, I comped him to Zach Charbonnet and somebody I don't even know, just some mindless person on Twitter was like, oh, Charbonnet so much better. I'm like. Dude, James, Con like, what a dude! Like, you know, Charbonnet's really good. Like, he's also really good, but but James Conner isn't wasn't like. And then now look at him in the NFL. Like, look at the Cardinals' offense. Everyone knew what they were doing last year, and he still produced. You know, do I think he might do it again? I don't know because he scored a lot of touchdowns. It's going to be hard to duplicate that. But the dude, I mean, but the thing is, it hasn't changed for Conner. That dude, right. get, he had, you know what? What I have to look at his college stats. He had a uh, fifty-two. Uh, rushing touchdowns. Right. So, right. and give you didn't even play one year. Really didn't play play a whole lot his freshman year. Uh, he had twelve games, but only had one hundred forty six attempts his freshman year. Then he goes for um, almost three hundred attempts for seventeen hundred and sixty five yards rushing his sophomore year. He just can't and, stay healthy though. He hasn't played but, a full season ever. Ever. James Conner and the NFL never played sixteen games. What did he do two years ago? Got hurt. He's been hurt every single year in the NFL. Well, That's I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have to play a, a ton. I mean, 2018, 2019, he was splitting carries, wasn't he? Yeah, but he got hurt With, that year, too. I'm saying he's got hurt every year in the NFL. Even last year he got hurt. And the year before in Arizona. That's my only knock to him. It's hard to trust the guy who's always hurt. Well, it's, it's not about, tr like, I think, I think with this episode, I think it's more so talking about the talent. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, I mean, but like, because you can't, you can't control, you know. We, we can say what we want. The right. average running back would be long gone at this point. So, I mean, how many years he's been in the league? Seven. Uh, one, two, three, four, four. This is year seven. Right. That's that's the norm. The norm is to like twenty six. What? Well, average running back for is twenty six years old. You say, so you're saying one contract for an average running back? I think yeah. average. That's probably like for average. I think that's average because you. I, I think the average is probably like the. the you taking every running back in the NFL? Is that what yeah, like about? The, Let's well, talk like, about yeah, the running backs. Let's talk about RB ones, dude. Let's stop taking guys that are RB three and four. Well, how many RB ones make it past the first contract and, and produce? And look at the scope. How many right now? Look at look at Zeke. Like Zeke, first contract and like 
You know, that's not Todd Bro, Gurley. Dude, he, was, he, was, he, was a, he was RB4 in fantasy, not last year, the year before. How was that? Because he, he fell into the end zone. You he's, take he, him? He's, no, wait, but wait, he's so you're, well, But now we're talking fantasy. We're not talking ta- like talent. Well, touchdowns, touchdowns is what James right, Conner scored. That's he, what he, scored. I, I think Zeke, after the first contract, took a huge step back. A huge step. Like, he was not the same back. He hasn't been the same back. Well, wasn't since. Zeke better than James Conner off the rip? Yeah, oh, Zeke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, but we're, yeah. we're not talking about. But wait, but we're not talking. We're not comparing talent. We're, we're talking okay, about so at, average retirement, average yeah, retirement age in the NFL twenty eight. Okay, so that's seven years. That's four years. If you really Who, want to talk, who's most coming in the NFL is twenty three years old, bro. Who? Please tell me, because nobody. Uh, Hand and Hooker. A, a lot. Not a starting running back, homie. Right. They're coming at twenty one. It, it's hard for running like, to make it past the first. Here, here's what you. Here, here's what you really want to know. The average running back career is 2.57 years. So yeah. less than three years. Bro, you're talking about third and fourth stringers and guys that play in special teams. I'm, you're talking about the, the guys at the bottom. I'm talking about RB1s, bro. We can't even have the same conversation. No, I, I, think, I think RB1s, usually it's it's tough to make it past the first contract. That's, we'll, four, we'll look but that's four years at least. Yeah. He four, so usually, well, I'm, but I'm not saying that. I'm no, saying no, like, no. I think... It's usually one contract, like the, the the rare, especially now. Back in the nineties, you were making past like I mean, Derrick Henry's got two, Snecker's got two, right? Um, even Aaron Peterson. I, but these are special yeah, Hall wait, of Fame running backs. Yeah, right, right now, let's go down like down the list. Eckler, right Henry, Christian McCaffrey's got two, right? Those um, are, these are the three best backs in the league. Well, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm trying to rattle down like in my head how many backs there are. Like right. Monte Stevenson's going to get a number two. That's a Come fact, on. right? You but don't think so? No, no, but but like he's we're talking about injury. Like, dude's never played a complete season in his career. A complete, uh, yeah, complete season. Who? Ramondre. He did last um, year. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the running back in Miami, uh, Moster. Wait, 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 but you can't. I mean, count you, on yeah, you, you, you got to think Ramondre's only his third year right yeah, now. So third year in the NFL, you can't count on that already. So you don't think he's going to get another contract? I think, I think he's, he's going, going to get another contract. contract. I don't think he's going to be the dude after the contract like he was prior to the contract. Running backs fall off a cliff after the first contract. That's generally by 27. It's, it's That's still more than four years, bro. 27, you come in at 21. That's six. It's seven if you count to 21. But we're, so we're talking, and, and, and I'm okay with that, right? But we're talking about a guy, I'm talking about Connor, who came in at 22, 23 years old after Hoskins lymphoma and is going into his eighth season in the NFL. That he hasn't played a full season yet. So last year he took touches in every game. I he just took, looked at touches in every game. Yeah, all seventeen. I believe so. Let me look. Man, this has become the. Uh, well, I'm just. Yeah. I'm, all right, well, oh, and it's not you. It's me too. I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not blaming you. I'm just. I, I'm. I am completely. Got dived in here. Um, let's see how many games. He's Connor played 14, played. 13, 10, 13, 15, 13. Never full season. But he hasn't have to. Well, it's not he doesn't have to. The fifteen year, the, the fifteen game year, right? He was an offer. He had, he has, he has uh, injury problems. Thank you. That's it. All I'm saying is, is that's his problem. He can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. But last year, even though he couldn't stay healthy, I think he still finished top. He had touchdowns. Touchdowns yeah, saved like, his like, numbers. Like Zeke. What was his yards? 
Bailey got over. I, I'm just saying. I mean, we're talking about prospects. I loved him coming out of college. Just the no, whole. No, no, I, no. This was the original we, conversation. No, this was yeah. the rabbit hole. This, yeah. was, yeah. this, this was I this mean, episode's rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about running back completely opposite. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. So we talked about a feel good story. I'm going to talk about a feel bad story, and that's <laughs> Darius Geis. Yeah. I loved Darius Geis coming I at us. You. Because I wasn't a big fan of Leonard Fournette. Nope. I thought Leonard Fournette was sloppy. I thought he played when he wanted to. Yep. Like I remember watching his film from when he was in high school, middle school. Like everyone, and he was a dude. But then when he came to LSU, like he just looked like he didn't give two yep. s words. Geis reminded me of Marshawn Lynch. Dang. Like Geis looked like he just wanted to run through your face. Mm -hmm. Like, and he would still get to the end zone. He'd have a clear path, and he'd and rather run your ass over. <laughs> and get into the end zone. And that excited me. Like, I, I love that big physical 2015. He was eighth in the sec and kickoff return yards. So like explosive, I think he ran a four, four, nine at the, in the NFL combine at 224 pounds in 2017. He was third in the sec in yards from scrimmage with 1375. I was, I think I, I, I don't have that list in front of me, which I could find it, but I had, I think I had him as my RB two that year. So I don't know who all was out, but I had him as my RB two. I took him everywhere I could. And then like all the nonsense came out about stuff he got involved in at LSU. And I think that ultimately led to uh, what's his name getting kicked out of there um, or leaving rather. Who was the other coach? Um, Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron, I yeah. think. I think he covered up some stuff with Darius Geis. And I think that's why Ed Orgeron's not there. Anymore. Well, yeah, you said he was aggressive in attack mode, but he couldn't, he couldn't dial down, dial that back. That was the mm -hmm. thing. It wasn't, I know the LSU stuff. He was aggressive off the field too. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It was he had a, a domestic thing. Um mm -hmm. it, as he was in the NFL, that was what set them off over the edge. We're like, yeah, screw this guy. But supposedly there was some stuff at LSU too that yes, was Yes, yes. That was what kind of like suspect. Like yeah. big, like suspect. Like, what are you doing? Like same thing yeah. was coming with same guy coming out of LSU this year. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well Okay. Yeah, there was a I, lot of suspect things going right, on. Right, but there. it almost, I don't know. In, in his instance, it seems like it was, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go down. It was a different kind of physical. That's what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, like a consensual. Yes. You know, and, and you know what? Yeah, but you, yeah. you know what? I, I don't feel right laughing, you know, given, so not on the boute side, on the other side. So I'm not over. No, no, no. None of it was, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, it's just, you know, the one side of it is funny. The other side, is not fun. Guys on a football field with the running as a running back was insane. Like right. he was Agreed. just he was Lattimore out of running back. He wanted like you said, he wanted he wanted right. to be able to look at you as he ran over you and just be like, huh, eh, and kept going. Like that's the type of dude you like you want on your team. I want to watch my running back physically impose his will on the defense. He gave me Natron mean vibes without mm. being as big as Natron means. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he now those and like those guys just banged and just kept going. Right. And Fournette, like you would watch both of them, and Fournette would just be like, you can run hard, but like you just wouldn't see any expression. And then Geist would be just like <sighs> he was just a fist. Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing with Fournette too, and the reason why I didn't like I felt like and it maybe was because he knew he could do it, but like when he tried to make moves, it was like slow motion. It was mm -hmm. like watching jello, like you know what I mean? Like he would like cut a guy and be like you remember, you remember when he got popped by Reuben Foster? Oh, my God. Reuben Foster, another guy I thought was going to be an absolute god. Didn't, in the NFL. Yeah. Didn't, 
Yeah, with, dude, and then he wore number 10. Like, yeah. 10 never looked good in a linebacker to me, but when on he him, made it look great, like, he dude, did. like, do you want to like, a guy that was chiseled out of concrete? <laughs> Holy cow, hey, my guy wore number 10. Who's that? Who's my guy, Derek Brooks? Oh, well, I'm not old enough for that. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that. <laughs> Ouch. Ooh, that hurt. I, already oh. said, I started the show, Boomer, saying I'm old. And when I did fantasy football, I had to use a newspaper the very first year I did fantasy football to get stats. Ooh, that hurt. Yeah. So it's hey, been an old show. Before <laughs> we move on, everybody, if you want to support the show, patreon.com backslash toilets titles. Get in our gilded chat. We got nonstop NFL, fantasy football, SFB, Frankenstein, all that good stuff. We got the Frankenstein Listener League. We're trying to fill up. Reach out to me. I'm giving off ha- giving half off to the next two people who enter. It's $12.50. It's a lot of fun. And the Patreon just helps us do cool shit. Like we're trying to go. We're going to the Combine again this year. We're going to the Senior Bowl. We might go to the Shrine Bowl. We're, we're trying to get everywhere. We're trying to, you know, everything. And you could help us, and we're doing it so we can bring you there. It is so we can bring you live content. But hey, we we are 48 minutes, so I got to steer this thing back in. So so why don't you go, Nino? Give me uh, one more of your guys here. I'll give you a KT quick one, and then I'll give you one of mine. So I'm gonna give you Sammy Watkins, mm. 2014, and this one hurts my man KT a lot, burns him because he thought that the Buffalo Bills nailed this one. And if you don't know, the Buffalo Bills are his team. He has a very special place in his heart. For the Buffalo Bills, uh, he thought Sammy Watkins was going to be a surefire alpha, uh, loaded wide receiver group that included Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Kelvin Benjamin. Another guy didn't really pan out. Jordan Matthews, another guy didn't really pan out. Marvis Land, uh, Jarvis Landry, Latavius Bryant, and a bunch of other you know receivers that were still in the league. And Sammy's time in Buffalo wasn't bad, but it certainly wasn't anywhere near the caliber of those gentlemen that I aforementioned. So, yeah, Sammy Watkins, I I think everybody thought Sammy Watkins was going to be a newer version of Percy Harvin. And it just wasn't in his, his, you know, his build. Like, he he could have been a wide receiver, but he couldn't stay healthy. So he'd give you, like, three games. I remember Baltimore, he went off two, like, back-to-back years. First three games went off. Then he got injured, and then, then he never heard from Sammy Watkins again. Went to Green Bay. He had two games with Aaron Rodgers, right, where he went off. And then he got hurt, and then Sammy Watkins just, like, faded off into the sun. He had the talent. Some guys, it just doesn't pan out for him. He was there with Hopkins. Yes. Hopkins was the upperclassman. Yes. And everyone was talking about Watkins. Like, it it was like uh, Maroney and Marion Barber. Like, Marion Barber was the older guy in Minnesota, and everybody loved Maroney. And that's how it was with, with Watkins and Hopkins. Like, every, yep. you know, they got, we got two dudes there. Hopkins is good, but wait till you see this guy. And, you know, then they go to the NFL and Hopkins just completely. And how about Martavis Bryant? Yeah. That dude, if he didn't, you know, he was a like a phenomenal. Freak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that go and, and, you know, the Steelers somehow all the way back to, you know, Bryant and probably a couple of years before that have found these receivers. They always find them. And they always find another guy to fill the role right before they got to pay the dude who just balled right. out for them. It's crazy how they do it, but they always do it. I'll yep. give you, I'll give you a guy. I mentioned him a while back on CFB Nation. I'm going to talk about him because most of the country at this time fell in love with this guy. Oh my okay? god, Manti I- Teo, <laughs> yeah. linebacker out of Notre Dame. All right, I don't know if it's a hit or miss. I go 50-50 with this one. Okay, uh, he missed his girl. That's a fact, but. At 6'1", 241 pounds, he ended up becoming a second-round draft pick, 38 overall to San Diego Chargers. 
that Notre Dame, he was an absolute dude with a mystery girlfriend. Okay. He had three straight seasons of over 115 tackles. He came in second in 2012 in the Heisman uh, Trophy voting to Johnny Football. There was nobody was beating Johnny Football. I don't care what Tao did. Okay. As a sophomore, he had 133 tackles. He ended up with 433 tackles total, 212 solo, 34 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks, six pass breakups, and seven interceptions. All seven of those picks came in his senior year, obviously, which shot him off the boards. Tao was a legit leader on the football field, and he was a QB nightmare. I mean, the fact that he could attack the backfield and the running back and be elite in coverage was crazy to see. I mean, he had 307 tackles total in the NFL. He did have that year in 2015 where he had 83, right, total tackles. He had four tackles for us and a pick for the Chargers. He lasted eight years. He just never really popped. That was his best season. So I don't – that's why I say 50-50, hit or miss. Take it how you want it. But Manti Teo at Notre Dame in those three seasons was an absolute – He's you know a legend. Yeah, they, they went to a national championship, right? Him, he was with Brady Quinn was there, right? Yeah, yep. Like and and it also led to like a, a four or five year span of the catfishing era, like catfish the TV show. Like me yep. and my wife would watch that religiously because it was like watching a car accident. Like, uh, you know, I hope nobody gets hurt, but I can't take my well, eyes off. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> it, it's it was crazy. They made they just made that Netflix documentary about it and like. It just stinks because I really – I thought, like, if you just – all that aside, take the, the whole personal stuff aside. On a football field, that guy had it. Mm-hmm. And I really thought – and I honestly thought going to San Diego at the time in that scheme, oh, my God, that was a good landing spot for him. And he's from he's he, from Hawaii. Like he right. was in his head. That's all it was. I mean, yeah. he was in his head. Yeah. But he still managed to get 83 tackles that one year. So, like, if he could have, like, been able to – Maybe get some mental help or what? I don't know. Did he get was... got or was he a part of it? I think he, he got originally got. got got and then just became a part of it because he didn't know how to not have the fame. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody on his team rallied around him about that. And then, like, what do you I remember, do? Dude, that was huge. Like, it was right. You, huge... were on, you were on ESPN. Yes. Like, you were on everything. And then what? Now you're just going to say... Now it's not part of my life. Nah, he didn't know what else to do. He just rode that out till it crashed. Yeah, he he found he found out on the Heisman Trophy can, you know, the the award show. He texted, he texted her, right? You got to text back something about her? like, well, whatever. Yeah, he him her. Yeah, whatever. whatever it was, but yeah, somebody on he texted somebody on the other line. Yeah, who wasn't Linnea Kakua? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was CD Lamb's phone on the other side. Right? Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. man. Boomer, you got any more for us, man? We're, we're cutting it close. Uh, um, I'll, I'll give you one uh, big miss for me, and it really wasn't a big miss. He just ended up not playing his whole time. Nasir Adderley, um coming out of college, I really liked him in small town school. Yes. Um, no, you know, didn't know exactly what he was going to be, uh, but I had him in my rookie top twenty-five guys. You know, a lot of people hadn't heard about him. And I said, man, him playing next to Derwin James is going to eat. You know, Derwin gets hurt, he feasts. You know, then he gets injured, and then he gets injured. Mm-hmm. And he's still playing through injuries. And through in three years, done. I'm, I'm going to retire. And yeah. after coming up a really good year, like get a really good year, and then decides to retire after three years. And it just – it hurt me because – I knew the type of talent that I, we were watching and the guy that could really be a good complimentary Dur- to Derwin James. And we're just not going to get to see it because he retired early. And hey, to him, good good job you know, on you. 
you know, and right. when you know it's time to step away, it's time to step away. Man, it's tough to watch that. So he that was a myth for me. That His one film. year went off. He went off the year that, that James was out for a majority of the season. He was electric. Like they tested him the first couple of weeks. They didn't t- they stopped testing him after that. His, his tackle game was elite. It was really, really solid. So um He reminded that, me of like Malik Hooker. You know, yeah. like uh, you know, I I I saw a very similar but his film was so hard to find. Yeah. Like he went to Delaware, right? Like uh he, he went to his so I know I remember like him and Kyle Duggar. Did they come out the same year? Uh, I think it was back, one after the other. Because I, I so I remember yeah. I just kind of always lumped them together because they were both. I know Delaware is at a super small school, and and Duggar went to Lenore Ryan, but yeah. they were yep. just not. It wasn't film that was easy to find. But uh, you know yep. he was you know deep sideline to sideline ball hawk. Yeah, so it's tough to see him. So I'm gonna just rattle off two quick. One of them's a miss. Kelvin Hardman, <laughs> wide receiver, North Carolina State. I'll say one of my biggest misses of all time, like, cause this wasn't one that everybody was beating the drum on. Like this is, I went down this path. I watched them play and I was like, I don't care. This is, this is my guy. 12 games, 81 receptions, 1100 yards, 14.6 yards per reception, seven touchdowns, led the ACC in receiving yards. Here's my analysis after the 2018 season pro ready body ability to get behind defenders and deep routes, timing routes. But I thought he was going to be a back shoulder demon. Like I thought he was going to be like Devonte Adams. That's what I thought coming out. Good balance, takes contact upon catch, keeps his feet, holds his own block and corners his size. Uh, Bryce Hall, who was a decent corner coming out that year, versus mm-hmm. Harmon. Like I, I was, I was high on Hall. I loved their matchup that year, and um, I said he was going to be a, a problem on fade routes and in, in the red zone. He had a four six forty. It's not good, and he, and he can't separate. And he is one of the main reasons I am very timid to fall in love with big guys who can't separate now. Like just cause you got body control, just because you're tough and you're an alpha, like, you know, I, I kind of stand back. I had him as my wide receiver six in 2019. I had a Hollywood Brown, Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin. Yeah. So I missed, but here is a big win for me. And uh, I'm going to say, so Michael Parsons, me and Shane Hallam, I got receipts that go back after his sophomore year. You know, who's the best player in the nation? Michael Parsons. And I, you, you guys weren't around at T2T when Parsons was a rookie. But there was a guy, Mike Jernigan, shout out to MJ. When uh, the Cowboys moved him to edge, there was a lot of people who didn't think he could play edge because there wasn't a lot of tape. I said, like, you didn't watch the Cotton Bowl. Like, his last game in college, Michael Parsons' Cotton Bowl film was the best film I've seen of a defender. Like, in, in my years of scouting. Dude had 15 tackles, four tackles for loss, two sacks, two forced fumbles, one defensive player of the game, and he was absolutely everywhere. And MJ was saying, oh, the Cowboys, they're, they're just being the Cowboys, and they, he's a good middle linebacker. Why are you going to put him at the edge? And I was like, like just watch. Like, let's see what happens. And now he comes in, and he's playing edge and absolutely dominant. He's, he's a freak. He is an absolute freak. And uh, me and Shane, the, the back and forth was, I said, you know, Micah Parsons to the Cowboys before the season. He said, the Cowboys aren't going to be bad enough to pick him. And then Dak got hurt. And then some stuff came out about Micah Parsons. So we started moving down the board. He started moving up the board. And then somehow we met somewhere in the middle. So that's probably. Even traded are... back and still got him. Yes. Yeah. And the Giants could have had him. So, how, you know, like, yeah. So, so Nino, you got any more for us before we wrap yeah, this up? I got one more. Um, he is a brother of another gentleman who played in the NFL, and I love when you know brothers get to play football together. His brother uh, does have a little handicap who did ball out for a few years. Um, 
I'm going to go with Shaquille Griffin, DB out of UCF. This is a winner, winner chicken dinner for me. Uh, six foot, 194 pounds, just raw power and tenacity, right? It was a third round pick uh, to the Seahawks, uh, 90th overall. Kind of came in after Legion of Boom, but he carries that swag of the Legion of Boom, right? Four years at UC, uh, UCF, he was a two-year starter. 2015, okay, 43 tackles, 30 solo, 11 pass breakups, and a pick. The following year, 49 tackles, 30 solo, 15 pass breakups, four picks, two tackles for loss. That's 26 pass breakups in two seasons. That's just stupid numbers. This guy lived near the ball. Good luck trying to catch a ball on Shaq, all right? Shaq was an AAC QB nightmare and a freight train. And then in four years at Seattle, he was great, legitimately great. He had three seasons of over 12 pass breakups. Went to Jacksonville. Last year, he got hurt, only played in four games. But his first year at Jacksonville, when they were still trying to figure out an identity, what they were going to be, and they had a lot of moving pots, a lot of moving rookies on the defensive side, he still had four pass breakups in his first season there. So Shaquille Griffin, like, I loved him coming out of UCF. UCF he was just flying around, knocking people apart. Like, you weren't catching a ball if he was in your vicinity. And he continued that. Like I said, he really, for a guy in that defense, he really brought on that, he carried that Legion of Boom kind of swag where nobody else had it. And him and his brother, like, things were, UCF was different. For, mm -hmm. like, two years, you mm -hmm. know, they didn't really have the talent to be competing with top-tier teams, but they were feisty. Dude, you they know, were just freight trains. And and his brother was kind of the he was the name. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, Shaquille Griffin was kind of like he also helps it was more, you know, the talent but, but, but was he was sacking like he was he was he was getting to the quarterback, he was disruptive, and and this guy, his brother, was kind of the forgotten man. And then he came into the NFL and said, Here I am, like I'm I'm a dude. I mean, you had 12 yeah. pass breakups, 15 pass breakups, 13 pass breakups. I mean, they, they, you're just living around the ball. Right. I only have one guy I just really want to bring it up because I've always played my flag, and you already know I'm the roots. Max Crosby. Um, <laughs> I, I, I called it coming out. I said, listen, you might have drafted Cleon Farrell. He's not your defensive end. I said, it's going to be Max Crosby. Everybody's like, who's Max Crosby? I said, dude, look at, look at the tape. And turns out he's a dude, and I love it. So, Man, we could probably, like – we could just go off like this is a yeah. we're over one hour. So we could probably, you know, just continue, 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 go over guys because we are football nuts. But unfortunately, we gotta wrap this thing up and maybe squeeze in, squeeze in KT's last one. Oh, one. yeah, yeah. You go ahead. Go ahead. Squeeze right. in. Hey, RG three, RG three was a guy, right? Twenty twelve, uh being in DC said you know, when I, Robert Griffin III was drafted, it just gave his city so much hope when he was there, you know, as a QB of the future. And he says he vividly remembered watching at least Half dozen games of RG3, and his athleticism was off the charts. It was just more impressive with his ability just to throw the ball. Like he had a howitzer. Dude. Like he literally he was a track star turned pro, by the way. Yeah, and with had a, a cannon. cannon of an arm. He just couldn't get out of his own way. Like, bro, your leg is ready to fall off. Don't play the game, dude. Like, if he would have not played that game, I think is he would have had longevity in, in the NFL. That game. Dude, he did the stanky leg after that, and it was ne he was never the he same. He should have never been allowed to play that game. Agreed. And they had another quarterback that they drafted. Right, Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, this is a young man who's a competitive young man. Hungry. You know, like you got to say – you got to protect him from himself, a good organization. It's a shame. Yeah. I mean, for me as a Cowboys fan – I was glad it phased out because he scared the hell out of me. He was nasty, like, man. Dude, I, I mean, 
it's like Vic, but bigger. Yeah. Like he's yeah. bigger, you know, like he wasn't as quick, but he had long the long speed and he had the cannon of an arm. And uh was Pierre Garcon there when uh when mm-hmm. and like they just were nasty together, like man, Pierre it, Garcon was known for the, the, the long ball. You get he, and he was a small school guy, right? What mm-hmm. Pierre Garcon, division three, right? I can't think of the top of my head, but him and him and RG three were problems. Yeah. Man, so all right, well, that's it. So we we got a bunch, like I said, we could keep going, and maybe at some point we'll go back and we'll like pick a more instead of a decade. We'll, we'll like favorite players of the SEC or the ACC, whatever. We 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 got time to talk about it. But everybody, we appreciate you checking this out. All right, we will be back here next week, same time. Check out Nino and Boomer on Head to Head every Tuesday night. I'll be on T2T. Make sure you subscribe to the CFB Nation. If you want to play fantasy football with us. Get into Frankenstein because now the SFB is up and running. We've had a few mock drafts over the last few weeks. We had Ryan McDowell on the main show. But now we're going to get into Frankenstein mode. We're probably going to be doing some mock drafts on there. So, everybody, man, we appreciate you, and we will see you all next week. Take care.